Hello and welcome to episode 15 of The Anti-Racist Economy with Kim Creighton. As the anti-racist economist, Kim is dedicated to building a future that is supremacy, coercion, discrimination, and exploitation free. Each episode, join Kim and myself, Aaron Mills, as we discuss the intersection of current events, pop culture, and social change, ever exploring the critical dynamics of anti-racism and psychological safety in today's rapidly evolving economy. And that is going to be a big topic today, the economy. I changed our intro just to to get us into it. Um, But before we get into our trigger and the topic at hand, Kim, we always like to check in on you and what you're working on this episode. My garden, yay! I, um... Plant, oh Lord, started from, I am, I am an experimental gardener. Most, most, much of it, this is my only second year. And um, I'm being very, it's so funny because I started getting interested. I was in the pandemic and just watching um, Gardener's World and just seeing how, and we may have talked about this before, but, um, how we talked about scale and we talked about fat how these people will buy something and be okay with nothing coming up for years. So they'll buy a property and have this grand idea for a garden, but they know they got to put trees in first, but they got to let the trees grow for 10 years. It's like that slowing down has been like so fundamental for me. So I have these windows, um, um, in the front of my house that are a street level. And I used to have these bushes um, that were there and they, they there were years. So two of them died, so we got rid of them. So I just planted some elephant ear roots. So I'm going to see if how they turn up. I'm just experimenting. I bought some hostas because I just want to put those around because those are, I'm looking for perennial. I'm looking for shit that I don't have to dig up every year. I don't have to bring in the house. I ain't got to think about. And so um the other, um, about a few, no, it's been a month because they've just been sitting here. Um, I was thinking about my dad because we used to share this house together. And I remember once I bought him a Gerber Dazer, Gerber Dazer, Daisy plant, potted plant. And he put it out in the yard and it grew back every year. And I was like, that's what I want. So I started, I have some seeds. And so I planted them on three days ago. So I'm waiting. I was just on the porch because they have to, so these are really, they ha- can't be under the ground. They have to see light and they have to be see light and be connected to the dirt so they can. Oh, so we go see if this works, but I'm going to put Gerber daisies out everywhere. And then I want to put some lavender because that's supposed to be good for um, for um, for uh, flowering um, um, buds and stuff um, as well as it, it, it's I forgot something else it does. So I'm going to try some lavender, but I'm doing really simple Um, but I'm really just like enjoying just going out and digging up and and I'm taking my time. I am taking my freaking time. It took me over a week to put all those hostels because I had to dig them up in one place and put them in another place. And that ground was hard as hell. And I just took my time. And so I'm really enjoying just the leisure of it, but seeing the accomplishment of it. So now my hostels are starting to grow and, you know, just that. So I'm really enjoying that. How about you? That's good. Well, it's so interesting as I'm hearing you talk about this, I'm really trying hard to rewire a gear in my brain that makes me like associate like success or happiness with productivity. Mm. Um, And so I, it's so funny. Gardening to me has never been appealing whatsoever. It it wasn't for me either. Yes, exactly. Because to me, like, why would I grow a cucumber when I can buy one? Ah. not, Not only buy one, I would already cut up. Right. And and that's why I, and I don't cook either. My husband's yeah. an incredible cook and he's so patient and he does that. I have no patience for it. I'm not good at it either, probably because <laughs> I have no patience, but like, you know, and, and I don't put a lot of energy into like, like, it was like, I could eat a piece of salmon and have some rice and I'll have energy and I can move on to the next task. And yeah. I have to stop thinking this way. And so I'm really actively working on it. Like I'm really trying, you know, and you're giving me hope that, that it is something I can like aspire to because I just, I really like orient most of my decisions with, is this efficient? Is this productive? And like, oh my God. So now you're, you're hitting on something that I'm really leaning into the Uh difference between being and doing. I spend way more time being Mm -hmm. than doing, because when I be, 
when I give myself the time to be, and I know it, oh my God, I know this is a privilege. Oh, I understand that this is a privilege that I created for myself that I could do. I could just be it. Like when we get off this, I'm done for the day. I am going to be. But what I've learned is when I give myself time to be, my doing is so much easier. Right. And probably the outcomes are better. Yes. Because yes. you're operating with clarity and sense yes. of self. Like when I, and so I think I told you about the, um, before in our pre-talk last time, it's, I'm really practicing giving myself the a space between if I'm triggered by something, but between I, I something triggers me, something happens. I give myself permission to take a break to, to put space in between my response. Um, instead of, cause I, just think about driving. We act as if the road is our own, right? Not that it was built, like we personally paid for every damn inch of the road, highway, and we get so frustrated with the people around us, right? I That's how I really started practicing um, lowering my anger level. I would intentionally go sit in traffic. Yes, ma'am. I would intentionally go sit in traffic because it was practice of why, why are you making, why, why is this so, what is this? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's so fascinating. Yep. I just go sit in traffic and just, I know it's going to take me two hours because of the city I'm in, but yeah. I need to practice what the fuck is so important. And nothing I've been thinking about is time. Time is, it's not, it's, it's, it's not as concrete as we, time is necessary so that you and I can, can show up at this, on this Zoom at the same time to record these episodes. Mm -hmm. I no longer say I'm late. Um, what I say is I'm not going to make the schedule appointment. I am, I am, um, like, like, uh, I'm five minutes behind the scheduled appointment or, or I'll say that I'm don't say I'm late because again, that's the inner talk. A hundred percent. And the anxiety that it induces, right? Yes. Because you then feel culpable and you feel so I'm beating myself up over shit. I can't, I can't control that there was an accident in front of me, but I'm sitting up here shaking and, you know, physically having anxiety about being late to an appointment because Mm -hmm. my mom always told me, particularly as a black woman, you get everywhere, be 15 minutes early. And that was a huge anxiety for me growing up. Everywhere had to be 15 minutes early. Wow. Well, speaking of letting something trigger. No, and then... stop. Cause you never told us what you're, what you're working on. I mean, oh. you, didn't, you didn't finish. Well, that's cause it's a work in progress. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Then say, okay. I can accept that. Can accept yeah. That. And because it, it, that's the truth. Like, yes. Well, it's the first, they always say the first phase is like acknowledging, like I acknowledge that I am missing out on opportunities of just joy because I get I'm so wired that way where everything has to have, it's like a fight. It's like a false idol. Like, like I, like this idolatry, this like, like that, like efficiency and outcomes and like having something to show for my time. And I'm really like realizing it's a problem and that it's, you know, and it's mm -hmm. a problem for many people. And this is why this thread continues to show up in these podcast episodes about, how much burnout we do and trying to put lipstick on a pig, you know, it's making something pretty, but you know, what broke me, what made me start what started, what started the breaking part for me from doing that. I'm not saying I'm completely done with it. Cause I still, cause again, it's the triggers, but seeing that, Oh, everybody ain't operating like this. These white dudes ain't, they ain't doing, now I might, they might have their own shit that they dealing with. Cause again, they not, white folk, white dudes do not escape white supremacy unharmed. You can't be your best. But I'm looking at everything I've been told my whole life I have to do in order to succeed. And then I'm looking at these people. They're hiring me because they don't know what the hell they're doing. And yet they still getting money. They still got the reputation. They still, and that was when I started with like, wait a minute, why am I doing this to myself? Yeah. That's a part of the systems, institutions, and policies designed to privilege the few at the expense of the many. Mm-hmm. Because again, if you look at like the Elon Musk and the the, uh, um, the uh, Peter Thiel, and they have that, um, I, I'm hopeful I get this right, that uh, altruistic, oh, no, I'm not going to get it right. Effective altruism. That's what they their little click is. 
Um, it is about superiority. They mm -hmm. think. And so when we're spinning our heads, they can continue again. It's the, the when it's a distraction. They get to continue to do their 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 thing unabated, unchallenged, because we're over here thinking, I can't challenge them or I can't say nothing until I have all 10 things in a row. This yeah. is why women don't apply for jobs that we don't we don't um, qualify for everything on that goddamn um, job description. White dudes, they don't care. Right. So hopefully that gives you some kind of solace is you're doing it because it's not by mistake. Right. You're doing it because it was intentionally programmed for us. When you think about school, that's what school is. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's why I had to leave it because I said, there are too many people profiting off it being a broken system. And that's when I thought it was broken. Now I understand it's not broken. It's operating as it, it was, as it was designed. Mm -hmm. But that right there, when I can break it, when I get off the surface, it stopped turning into a binary and getting to the nuance. That's what breaks those things for me. When I start digging, like what? Like, I'll give you this random example. Um, Cause I was thinking about, like you're talking about these anxieties. When I went, I went to the um, um, my family's hometown. We were in the country, middle uh, rural Georgia, and we were talking about snakes for some reason. We always talk about snakes for some reason. <laughs> um, and then I have these cousins who are like, we we're talking about snakes, and they're just like itching. I mean, they're just like freaking out. And then we, you know, we always tell these stories. And then I just, I was at, at that night. I was just thinking. I was like, let's break this down logically. How many? Think about how many people are afraid of snakes hundreds of millions of people are afraid of snakes, right? Let's just say a million. Let's say a million people are afraid of snakes. How many of those people, those a million people would actually ever see a snake outside of the zoo? That's one thing. That's one level. Not many, right? So that's an irrational fear. You're, mm -hmm. you're this scared for something you would never see out in the wild. For those people who live in places like that, how many snakes have you seen? I can, um, um, in maybe six or seven, my whole life, I've seen six or seven snakes. Were they attacking me? Nope, they weren't. But that's another arrest. So that's how I break shit down. Mm -hmm. And I thought about how many millions of people are afraid of something they would never experience. Isn't that the truth? How many of y'all will ever right. come in contact with a snake? If you come in contact with a snake, how many of those snakes are going to be cobras, going to be rattlesnakes, going to be water markers, is going to be copperheads? No, most of them are rat snakes or whatever. They're trying to get the hell away from you. They can't do shit to you. They're too small. Or they, you know, that, that that's how I break shit down. Because when I really thought about that, I was like, that is irrational. And capital A-N-D, I don't want my life to be ruled anymore by irrational things or programming that is to me the the biggest i guess thing that i can what what forces me to continue the only way out is through and keep going through is the alternative being fearful of i cannot that's that's bondage to me yeah that's bondage to me people are afraid of flying how often do i'm often I'm going to be honest. How often do many of the people who are afraid of flying have ever been on a flight? That's one. Yeah. How often do fly, the, the planes fall out the sky? That's another one. There are thousands of flights flying right now. Yeah. I think the other thing too is, this is something that resonated with me. I mean, worrying just, it doesn't change the outcome. Like it just doesn't. But it's programming. That's right. that's what, because if we're worried about this, we can't do it. I remember literally people think I'm decisive. I'm, I'm, I remember going on an Oprah Winfrey show when, um, when Dr. Phil was first coming out, he did a, it was one of those ask Dr. Phil's. And I went on the show because I was living in Chicago at the time. And my, I, they did a whole episode. I remember this. I have the transcript because it was, I was, was paralyzed from making decisions. I could not make a decision. 
I could, I, I mean, something as simple as buying a coat. I could not, I had all these things about, I, I just could not do it. I was literally, not literally, I was paralyzed <laughs> figuratively with decision-making. And, um, and I had all these self-help books and nothing was helping. Wow. And it's, I mean, I went on a fucking show because I couldn't make decisions. I remember it took me something I bought, a pair of boots, some, some, some damn riding boots. It took me five years to find a pair of riding boots that I want. Five years. I don't even ride fucking horses. Five years. <laughs> so it took me, and that was, I was, I, I was, I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. That to me was prison. I cannot go back there. So that's why everything for me is put on a helmet and just run through it. Well, it's unbelievable. I would have never known that about you because, because our work together, you're incredibly decisive. Mm -hmm. You, you decide, you commit, you move. Yep. And so that is really, that's really hopeful for us. Exactly. And that's what, again, modeling this work. Yeah. And that goes yeah. back to why I'm going on the road because the book is about, it doesn't talk about this. This is the stuff that helps people understand why the book is possible, why they should remain hopeful. So now we can get into the trigger because this is a good one. It is a good trigger. It is a good trigger. Well, mm-hmm. you know, we talk a lot about this on the show and we want to talk a lot about more about it, about information asymmetry mm-hmm. and what that yields for the privileged and the very privileged few and how that, you know, cascades throughout the larger economy. <laughs> um, so Kim, you were sharing with me a series of tweets and posts. Um, so why don't we kind of start to unpack that? Just just talking about like what's been going on in Congress and, and again, at, at the highest level of the macro economy. Um, and let's start the discussion. Okay, so I came across a, a, a tweet by um, a, a, an account called Unusual Wales, unusual um, hyphen, um, no, underscore Wales. And it said, and this is from April 19th, breaking news, the New York Times has just reported on congressional members trading during the banking crisis. They show how members traded during the crisis while the public worried. And so this is the article as fears of bank of the bank of eh, as fears of banking crisis surge, members of Congress sold bank shares. A flurry of transactions highlighted how members of Congress continue to buy and sell stocks in industries that intersect with their official duties. Um, so hot mess, and it's Republicans and Democrats, and this is why I say in here. Um, Jared can't pronounce his last name, uh, representative, whatever. He sold some Seacoast um, banking shares worth um, $650,000 to $150,000 in March, on March 10th. That stock failed 20% afterwards. Representative Dan Goldman um, sold shares in First Republic Bank on March uh, 15th. Um, and it says that he's been, he's been trading shock stocks back and forth. Now, Dan Goldman is this, um, he was one of the, um, the impeachment. He was actually the, impe- the head impeachment person and da, da, da. So he talks about, uh, but that shit is, and this is how people do these binaries. This is how to do, oh, don't watch what I'm doing over here. Right. <laughs> Pay attention to what I'm doing over here. So right. how does that? And so then there's the, um, um, Wife and children of Representative Ro Khanna sold First Republic stock, Republic stock on March 15th. Um, somebody, um, some Chris uh, John Curtis sold First Republic stock on the 16th, the day the bailout occurred. Uh, Representative Nick, Nicole, I can't pronounce her last name, um, bought shares in New York's um, Community Bank Corp um, after a private discussion with New York bank regulators and labeled it as her husband's despite um, despite, uh, something, whatever. But after that, the stock rallied 40% 40 two days after she bought it. Um, Here's another one. Um, um, Another Josh Gerderheimer, uh, part of the Financial Services Committee, sold 
15k in Silicon Valley Bank Bank the day the day of, and it collapsed the next day. Um, he sold 30k um, of Charles Schwab, um, and, and and Charles Schwab took over. I don't know if it was Silicon Valley or whatever. And then we got uh, our girl Diane Feinstein. Uh, who's 89 years old and, and been out of Congress most of this year. Um, since It says in, in the time that she's in her 30-year career, her net worth has skyrocketed to over $200 million in trades. I mean, based on um, $200 million. So this is um, doing, um, Feinstein reportedly attended COVID hearings by the, by the CDC early January 20. 20 afterwards her husband sold between 1.6 and 6 million 1.5 and 6 million dollars of stock um and in a in a therapeutic and that uh, it collapsed um Feinstein was cleared by the DOJ on um on August I mean April 20 um April 2018 Mark Zuckerberg testified before the Senate Judiciary Committee which she sits on but in January 2018, um, Feinstein husband bought $250,000 in, fa- um, in Facebook stock. And then she dis- she did she only dis- and she only disclosed this on um, this purchase that was made in January in May of that year. Um, and she praised um, Meta during that hearing. Um, in August 2020, Feinstein husband purchased. 50,000 in college reaction, um, a private polling company on January 6th, the comp- the day the of capital strike, Feinstein said that the previously unreported transaction conducted by her husband should have been disclosed. She didn't have a penalty for that. On December 2020, um, um, December 4th, um, 2009, Feinstein Hartz bought a million dollars in some other bio, um, biotechnology company weeks after the company was awarded 24 million in governmental grants. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Um, in, 20, in July 2021, the Postal Service entered into an exclusive contract with the real estate firm B.C. Richard Elias Group. Feinstein husband was the chairman of the company's board of directors. Therefore, he served on the, uh, furthermore, he served on the Global Development Council for um, Obama. So again, it's, uh, this is why I could care less about Democrat, Republic, Independent. They're all shady as shit. Um, and this says, despite 30 years of conflicts, Feinstein paid zero fees and broke the stock action numerous times. So when we talk about... And, and you don't, no one sees um, Aaron's face as I'm reading this. And I could go on and on and on. And so this is why when we talk about equality, it's bullshit. There is no, how in the hell can we have equality when people who are getting insider knowledge are able to um, trade or p- profit from that knowledge in a pur- in a public service capacity. I can see that they think you are public service. Why are you making two hundred million dollars in this job? And exactly, I can't. I can't even respond. Well, and I think the thing that even at the very outset of of that article, and as you were reading you know, it said, well, you know, the fear and anxiety that overtook the marketplace, that's what we were just talking about at the top of this show. We're all over there like, oh God, like what's Mm going to happen? I can even attest. I mean, how far reaching this stuff is. I had three clients who had funds with Silicon Valley Bank. There was a very, very anxiety laden period Mm -hmm. during this, during the last month in terms of of how is it going to affect them? How's it going to affect me? Mm -hmm. Am I going to, you know, and, and luckily it all worked out, but like, Again, we're all over there just trying to pay the bills, do our jobs. Like we're we're worried about what what these larger implications mean for us and will continue to mean. Yes. Okay. I it, it made me obviously I had to think about wow, do I have to diversify my funds? Like it, it it's making us all think about what we need to do to to foster and nourish our businesses. Well, they're up there, like and it's like by design, as you said, we're just all literally floundering. Yes. yes. You know, and it goes and- back to our last conversation about getting prepared for what's about to happen. Right. 
Right. How do we do that when we don't have access to the information that other people have? And this is why um, when people, I say the stock market is a scam. All the, if you have a quarter of a piece of a damn stock, what the hell is that? When sophisticated investors who can get into the stock before it even hits the damn um, the market, the IPO, or can benefit right as it, it comes in and so they can get the hell out. All of this, this is why I refuse to let people say it's the markets, it's the house. No, it's people making decisions that impact other people. And they're more times than not making those decisions in their benefit and not the benefit of community, right. not the benefit of the most vulnerable. So let me just give you an example of how, how this plays out. Uh, so we talked about Art Basel last, last thing. And so I'm trying to figure out how to fund this, how to, how to, is there a way I can have the, um, the, or the creatives or some way benefit other than just showing up? And, and I'm still working on this, but one of the things that my attorney I have is she's charged with is one of the things that, I, um, as I've said, I'm, I'm a one woman show now I'm by myself except for my volunteers. I have nobody um, I, that I employ right now. Um, one of the things that I want to do put in place when we come back, when I start hiring is some kind of profit sharing. How do I ensure that people have the buy-in in these businesses, in these ideals, in supremacy, coercion, discrimination, and exploitation free in a financial way? So one of the things that I want her to look at is, yes, um, and, I, and I just started giving myself a salary again, because I haven't given myself a salary in almost a year. And I was like, how can I do this if I'm not? So I give myself 10% of whatever income comes in that month, I get 10% of that. Last month, it was nothing. And I, I'm okay with that because at least I know I'm paying myself. How can I do this work? Again, going back to several episodes, I wasn't centering myself in my own work. Right. But for this, I want, so base, I've said, I, I think I'm, I, I, I wrote some, I think I talked about this in the book, but if not, this is, it goes with um, the occupational, um, the organizational hospitality section. We have a rule. No one in this company makes less than, right? I don't care if you're a custodian. I don't care if you're a receptionist. I don't care. This is our baseline. No one makes less than that. That is the baseline. So everybody's getting a salary. What I want to do is, uh, you know, when people talk about bonuses and stuff in the new year, I don't want to, be, to come across as that. What I want to do is whatever profits after expenses are paid, I take as the owner, as the, as the brainchild behind this, I take 60% and that 40% is split among whoever works for me. Wow. And I want that in every business that I do. There is no, there's a minimum that we get paid here because people thought about when I told people how much I paid my assistant who's virtual and work part-time, they were like, what? Yes, it was hard. I paid her $80 an hour. It was a struggle, but I knew what I needed her to do. And I knew, knew, and I know that the one thing that shows value is paying people well. And she had become my right hand. So of course I was going to pay her well. Mm-hmm. What I saw though, in that is this, it's not just this work, all of this work, our work, particularly this liberation work, takes a toll. And I want people to, to, to buy into, have a have benefit beyond a check to what they're putting in. Because as I said, we got somebody who I have to have read my emails because I never know what's going to come to me. That takes a toll. She came across an email. And so she, she came across a form. That's why he's doing the emails and forms now, because somebody did something. She came across it and saw it. Mm-hmm. And so he's doing that. That is what professional violence is. That is, she needs to be paid for that trauma. It wasn't my fault. 
but she expo- was exposed to it working for me. Mm-hmm. So, but I don't want people to think that it has to be something triggering and, na- and negative. When I'm thinking about supremacy, coercion, discrimination, and exploitation free, when I'm thinking about stakeholder value versus shareholder value, and the stakeholders are who works for you, who partners with you, who buys from you, who's impacted by you, and then who buy, uh, who invests in you. When I'm thinking about the most important role is the people who work for me. And this is why I also have problems with some of these other people, all these companies who, oh, we do, it's a co-op and da-da-da. No, 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 no. <laughs> I want a clean, very clean, very clear. Salary, basic minimum. Next year, if you're here, you get forty. You get a piece of this forty percent. Very clear, very transparent. You know, and that goes back to huh? No, please go ahead. And that goes back to the information asymmetry. Mm-hmm. Think about these these congressional these these senators and congress people who are and think about that most of their uh, interns are barely making minimum i mean are, are struggling first of all housing in washington dc you know how how are they doing anything to ensure that the people who make sure they can pop profit this way are taken care of i just can't do that i cannot be a person who is flying around the world having living my best life and and my staff is not doesn't have that now i'm gonna give you whatever you know like i said get part of that 40 percent. now what you do with that is ain't on me that's your choice but what i can't do is, and this one when, this is why i continue to challenge people talking about old oh, capitalism bad no it's how we've set up capitalism that's bad Will it work? I don't know. But hell, somebody has to try it. Mm-hmm. Well, I think so. It's interesting because when you look at the gentleman who's obviously sitting on the impe- leading like the impeachment hearing stuff, right? And, you know, yep. but then Dan Goldman. Mm-hmm. That's right. So it's so interesting because I feel like that's how a lot of this like people justify because there's a saying well that's business and this yep. is so because and, and everyone ultimately feels like but i have to do what's best for me and in the, in the, in the, in, in, and and that's I, the individualism I, it is individualism what, that, that's the individualism that's rooted in white supremacy it is and i'll be honest though i do, it's interesting sometimes we'll have a conversation with an employee or a contractor or someone who says you know i don't i don't they're, they're, they're wavering or they don't know if they want to commit or they, whatever. I always do say that you do have to do what's best for you. I mean, ultimately, right. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to balance like what's best for you and what's best for but let's, let's redefine yeah. what's best for you. Let's define you. Sure. Mm-hmm. So that's the problem. Yeah. What for most yeah. folks, you is an individual, right? For me, you is the stakeholders. I can have no business in the way that I want to have them if I'm not honoring and taking care of the stakeholders. Mm -hmm. So when I see you, yes, I got to make sure I'm a part of that stakeholder. I work for the company. So I got to make sure I take care of me. So when I say I center myself, I haven't been centering myself in my work. It was because I have been falsely assuming all these other people because I was paying them were the most vulnerable. Had nothing to do with they were better than me or I thought... It was the fact that I have a tendency because of my nature to see other people as the most vulnerable instead of myself. So that's what I'm working on. Mm-hmm. But what is different from a business that doesn't consider stakeholders and ensures how is weird? I don't know the exact number right now, um, but I know that the CEO pay has grown exponentially since the 60s, 70s, and 60s and 70s to gigantuan um, X times as much as employees are making. I don't get that. I can't, I can't, but that's under the shape. There, there's, there's businesses right now who, and I can't remember right now, failing business and took a $20 million bonus. There's no shortage of those stories. Yeah. 
and laying people off. How, 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 how? How can you take 20? These people allowed, uh, enabled you to make the 20 million. Your people who work for you, the people who partner for, with you, the people who buy from you, the people you impact and the people invest in you. And so only the CEO and the investment people get paid? That's why I call bullshit and all these layoffs that's happening right now. It's not a binary. And so again, it's information. It is, it is, I couldn't have be having these conversations with you before 2014. Because there was so much information asymmetry about this for me. I knew what I wanted. I just couldn't figure out how to get there. And nobody could help. And I'm not unique. There's so many of us who want something and can't figure out how to turn the information into knowledge, into wisdom. So what do you credit with your success? How did you get here? I recognized after years of trying that I was going nowhere. And I figured school was the last option. I didn't want, I have over $400,000 in student fucking loans. I didn't want to, I, I did not want, I didn't go in it to get this debt, but I wasn't getting the information I needed to be able to pay for this debt anywhere else. So I have to, I have to go in debt for over $400,000 to get this. They can sit on the committee and get it right there in profit. Mm -hmm. And is it accurate to say that what you quote unquote got for that $400,000 wasn't even really the outcome. It was your ability to see it, have the wisdom to say, wait, this is not, not what I want. What, mm -hmm. this is this, and the, So it was being able to, to, to see that. So you could create an alternative, right? Yes. And, but think about how much I gaslit myself before I actually quit. Because it was the whole, like you were saying, I got to, I got to do, I got to do, yep. I got And I was like, this does not feel, I got what I wanted. I, I wanted the information so I could turn it into the knowledge that so I can turn it into wisdom. Yeah. I got the information. It had nothing to do with that damn degree. But because of the narratives, I had, I mean, I had friends who, when I said, I want you can't, you almost there. They weren't, they were, thought they were being supportive. What they were being, it was like a chokehold. It was just like, I, I can't breathe. Mm -hmm. This is why, unless it's in the business perspective, I very seldom give people advice. Unless you're paying me, and are we real good? I mean, I'm real, very, I real. I will challenge people because I've done, like when I see you going down a path, I say, hey, come back. Yeah. But what to do? I'm because with everybody's you. everybody's situation is different. That's why I wrote the book the way it is. Yeah, yeah. I know. Well, that comes back to what's best for you. How can you possibly know what is best for someone? I mean, you can know like on a fundamental level, like this is harmful, this, you know, yeah. but, 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 but it's all experimenting. It's me saying, Hey, right. did you try this? Let's okay, right. did you try that. Okay. Yeah. Now what's the feedback from that? Okay. Again, what'd you do? What broke? What, you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so rare to see. We just, Everything is about everything about systems, institutions, and policies designed to privilege the few at the expense of the many is all about distraction. It's all about wearing you down and distraction. This is why Black people die earlier. A Black person in their 80s is like a marvel. I see old white folks all over the place. Now, y'all bodies be look broke down as fuck. <laughs> Yeesh. That osteoporosis be fucking y'all up. God damn. <laughs> y'all need some sun. But um, <laughs> but um yeah, it's it's it is my dad died at 70. He was in and energetic until his cancer took over. He was chopping wood at 70. Again, information asymmetry. It took him a long time to get a damn diagnosis. These people go to Walter Reed. They get the best goddamn 
um, medical attention and don't pay for it. While they're also making money on the side. I just, I have a, I do that to me. I have a, I have no problem with, okay, they get their salary. I have no problem with, no, I'm gonna take that back. I don't think there's too much, there's too much of a, 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 a chance for du this, this duplicitous behavior. I don't think they should be, um, um, First of all, you shouldn't be um, selling or buying on any it, it, based on any committees that you got private information. How is that not insider trading? I don't get that. That's insider trading for anybody else. Mm -hmm. So it's like at least adhere to the laws we got we fucking have on the book. So y'all exempt right. for those, right? The one the laws that you like vow to protect and like my ass would go to jail like for. Yeah, right. This is their like their this is their chosen profession. They have chosen. Like, you chose to be a politician. <laughs> yeah. And then we look at Joy Santos. From what I'm gathering, his whole thing was a grift. His whole reason for getting in fucking Congress was to to do this shit. That is, I mean, yesterday he was indicted and 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 at the press conference he says, "Oh, he's going to write a book." He's everything is about for him is about the grift. Where can oh, he yeah. make money? And again, I ain't got no problem with people making money, but if you're in public service, that should be, the public should be the, that's the first part of it. Public right. service. Public service, yeah. That's why I'm not in public service. People are like, oh, you should be, what the fuck I'm gonna be a politician for? If you don't get the hell out of my way. I can't say, couldn't say. Yeah, well, if you were Trump, you could, but I, as a black woman, I can't say. Look at all these black politicians. They can't say what the hell they want to say. They can't do what they don't want, what they want to do. They step out of line, they gone. Yep. Whereas <laughs> the allegiances are just stronger and stronger. The more outlandish the gentleman gets, it's like unbelievable. I just, I, I just, yeah. Oh, it's believable. I don't say it's unbelievable. It's, 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 it's go. It's textbook to me. Yeah, you're right. And we talked about this history repeating itself, right? It's I mean. Textbook. It is, although and the more funny. people I need to stop saying it's unbelievable because that is the that that's the distraction. You're right. You can't believe it. You don't think you can do something about it. I'll never forget election night in 2016. I was pregnant with my twins. I was probably about six months pregnant. And again, I was just dumbfounded. Like, again, I was so and, and this just shows, I guess, my naivete. I was shocked. I was like, this can't, there's no way. I assumed during the election season that the minute that all that stuff came out about, I can't even remember her name, but the, the audio tape of him yeah. going to grab um, her. Um, Who was no, it? Um, I can't remember. Access Hollywood. She was. Yeah. Talking, yeah I the mean, the from, minute. Um, Days of our lives. Mm -hmm. Yes. The minute that came out, I was like, oh, finally, good. We can just put this to rest. This is so silly. We can get this clown out of the running. And the fact that like, I just continued to be and this what's funny is, did you ever see that Saturday Night Live skit with Chris Rock and, uh, um, uh, you haven't seen that with Chris no. Rock and, um, um, what's his name? Um, Chappelle. Oh, no. you need to look up. Hold on. Hold on. Let me look. Cause I, we need to put this in the uh, show notes. Um, SNL Trump win. Um, because they did. They did um, a, sk a skit and it's the black folks saying, oh y'all, cause everybody was all like, oh, oh. And, um, and it started with Chris Rock cause he was the host. And then um, Dave Chappelle comes out and look up and just thinking about how, how their lives have, how, whew, just how the shitty their comedy is right now. But that's a whole nother story. But their whole thing was that like the white cast man was like, Oh, they was the, it was like going through the night, and they're like, "Oh, we're gonna win!" And then when it, and they was like, they was like, "Oh, I've never seen something this bad." And it was like, and the black people was like, "You've never seen anything this this you've never seen." This. And so it's like black folks knew yeah. what the hell was going to go on. Yeah. That's why yeah. they nobody get. Well, I ain't gonna say nobody. We don't give a fuck about damn uh, Biden. <laughs> Shit, he's no better than the rest of them. What he is is calmer. <laughs> What yeah. he is, is somebody who's been in that institution for fucking ever and has relationships and knows how to, 
to talk to, 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 I don't like to collaborate, but he knows how to do it. Um, he knows how to, he knows how to play the systems, institutions, and policies, and policies of politics. Mm-hmm. That's why they, that's why I voted. That's why I hired him. It wasn't because he's not a racist. <laughs> it wasn't that he's not even a white supremacist. He just, because of the black people who surrounded him for this campaign, just been able to start speaking intelligently about racism. Mm-hmm. Bernie Sanders is a white supremacist. Y'all can say what the fuck, he's a white supremacist. When you can't talk about, in 2023, you can't talk about everything to you is about class, you erase black anti-blackness and white supremacy in this country, and you are no better. You are white, you are white supremacist. You're not, that's not nothing progressive about that. Progressive is being, in 2023, being a progressive means to me that you have an active anti-racist practice. But again, you'll see all these, and this is why I I keep harking, it is not broken. There is no, these people know how to play this. That's why they, $200 million? Since you've been in a public service job? My friend been at post office for all her adult life. She ain't making that kind of money. That's public service. Hell, I was a teacher. I definitely wasn't making that kind of money and could not figure out and wouldn't have been able to leverage anything near that. So it is, the reason we're having this conversation is because I want people to start going below the surface. Stop accepting the binaries. When someone says something, when you see something, go do your own fucking, um, go get your own information, turn it into knowledge and turn it into wisdom because you're only seeing a part of it. They've been hiding too much. That's why none of this shit surprises me. Now, how it shows up may surprise me like, God damn, yeah, that was good. Ooh, that was, my brain didn't even go to that shit. Right, yeah, goddamn, <laughs> fine scene, 89 years old or however you got to it. I mean, it's like, yeah, okay, I didn't, wow. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Your husband's yeah, doing your okay. dirty work. Well, well damn. Okay. Yeah. yeah. What? A, wow. You know. Here. But it's that we need to we need to start, and this is why this work is important to me. I need everybody, from the person who makes, who maybe getting public assistance, to the person who is making a billion dollars. I need us to start talking about the economy in a way that is about equity. That is a that is about. I get it. You're on a committee. You're making decisions, but you shouldn't be profiting from that. No. Because I don't get it. That's what the whole point. That's why there is no equality. There is not even, even if they wanted to help, I couldn't profit from that. Even if they said, we're pro- I want to do this for Kim, there's no way they can do that for me. So it's not like I can opt in. See, that's another distraction. Oh, I did it. You could, no, hell, no, I can't do that. <laughs> I yeah, it's cannot. Not, it's, not, it's not a multi-level marketing scheme. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you can't exactly. just, but those are distractions too. Exactly. Look, I mean, look, look Crypto what Crypto was there. a distraction. Yeah. Um, re- regenerative AI is a distraction. Right. All of this shit is a distraction. Right. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene has, she's been in there for, this is her third year. She's, I can't remember what, what, she's profited a lot from being in Congress. Just from PPP loans. And um, the, um, the SBA COVID loans. They were in the front of the damn line because they, they knew how to uh, damn apply. They, I don't even, did they even have to apply? <laughs> they I made know. the rules. Right. That, oh, that just hit me. That just had a visual. If you make the rules, you should not be in the front of the line. Agreed. You should be enforcing the rules. You should not. You should be ensuring that everybody, and I'm not saying leave yourself out. Now, again, this is a nuanced conversation. It's not a binary. But if your role is to take care of others, public servant, you might want to do that. Without saying, because now they, even George Santos, he's on some committee where he's trying to, um, 
Um, he got you got indicted for taking um unemployment damn money you shouldn't have taken, and he's on a committee that's making rules for for us not to do it. How do you make rules for some shit you didn't did? That's what I'm talking about. That is what that is systems, institutions, and policies designed to privilege the few at the expense of the many. So that's why I don't go with, oh, this just happened, or this is nope. Mm -mm, I didn't seen too much. I didn't seen too much. Yeah. And that's why you are not trying to fix things. <laughs> We're very careful on language because this is so convoluted and this is so like by design, as you mentioned. Yep. So like, it's really about alternatives. And see, it's that's about, the thing. Mm -hmm. That's why the, how can you fix something that's not broken? See, that's the part, that's the distraction. Yep. So you end up throwing a whole bunch of, um, whole bunch of resources and energy and effort wearing ourselves out on trying to fix something that is not broken. And this goes back to why I'm looking at different business funding or business profit sharing models mm -hmm. because I don't see what I want out there. So I need to create it. Because Which every system is when I say every, I need y'all to visualize all caps <laughs> system institution and policy has been designed to privilege the few at the expense of the many. And that overwhelmingly is the, the few is white men white women next, white presenting people after that, white folks who have, who, who sit at the intersection of some other um, or marginalization or oppression or, or marginalized, yeah, or, 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 or minoritized lived experience. Once you get all them white folks out the way, then you get all the white presenting folks out the way. That's Asians, um, Hispanics, not Latinx, folks who, you know, have their roots in Spain, who are white presenting, a whole bunch of Jewish folks. Then you're left with the dark babies. The Latinx, the native, the indigenous folks, the black folks, the Africans. And what's interesting to me, and this is what I have not seen. Oh, and this just popped in my head. I wonder how many of those folks who are trading do they have have been black? Because black people follow rules. They know we know we're gonna get caught. We know there's a shit that white folks get away with, we ain't gonna be able to get away with. I would really like to see if Hakeem Jeffries has been trading. If uh, when uh, when when Kamala was in Senate, was she doing this? I really want, because Pelosi's family has done it. I want to see now that he's the minority. I would be lo love to see if, um, if AOC is doing this, if, uh, if, if, if uh, um, the, the squad, if any of them are doing this. Because first of all, the whole squad is supposed to be progressive. So I have a problem with them if they are. But being from black and brown communities, I, I really, and if they are, they certainly ain't doing it on that scale. Because mm. as we see right now, Clarence Thomas is a whole, but he's been skating for years because the shit was under, was quiet. It was, it was hidden. I would not be surprised if they throw his ass under the bus. If this shit gets worse, he's gone. Because he's black man, they're gonna throw him under. They gonna they, and I would not, I would not be surprised if his wife did it too, as a white woman to throw his ass under the bus. So this is the shit I think about people. <laughs> if you want to know, you want to know what it's like <laughs> in my damn brain. This is why I take a lot of time just to be. That's what we start. That's what we started talking about: being versus doing. And how the doing is that much more fruitful because yes, of because that, right? What I have to, what I have to process in the being yep. ensures that the doing, I don't waste that time because I've, I've thought about who's the most vulnerable. I thought about what's the game, what's the game they playing that they ain't telling me about the rules. I've thought about all oh, that's the being. 
So I sit in silence. I, 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 whatever I get. So when I'm ready to act, I either just like with the Arbeza, I don't know how to put it together, but I knew who the fuck to go to to ask for help. You and Angela. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it all becomes a question of, because I'm looking at your notes and you said, you, your notes said information is privilege, access is privilege. Mm -hmm. And because non-marginalized communities have far greater of both, this is typical, not even considered as a form of oppression because there's not an act and quote associated with it. You don't have to be deliberate in order to oppress someone. Just existing with privilege is oppressive to others. We have a responsibility to evaluate that. It is our responsibility to narrow that gap. And this is why I say everybody has their own internalized white supremacy and anti-Blackness to deal with. We've all been indoctrinated in the same bullshit. Mm -hmm. All right, anything else? If not, I'm ready to move on. Let's be joyful. Yes. Well, you start. What, what are you joyful about? I am joyful that I am going to have some time to reflect. I um, The benefit of that is that I just need time and space to think about the business, where I want to go with it next. What does it mean to me? Um, so that benefit is yielded because things are about to slow down a little bit. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but I'm choosing to take advantage of that. Mm -hmm. It also just serendipitously coincides with summer for my children. So I, one of the reasons I started action, no, let me rephrase that. The reason I started this business, the, the, the primary reason was to have more control over my time and where it was invested. And I mm -hmm. wanted it to be invested in clients and causes that I felt passionate about and that I wanted to support. Mm -hmm. And moreover, I wanted to be able to control the amount of time I could give to my family. So, mm -hmm. so in that case, the fact that things have slowed down is actually a good thing because it means that I'm going to be able to fulfill the, the, the goal of, of having more time for my children, not being on an airplane every other week as I was it, when they were very small. And mm -hmm. um, so it is a blessing. It mean it doesn't come, there, nothing comes without everything in this world has pros and cons. Mm -hmm. So, so the consequences, oh, wow, I don't have a ton of uh, events this summer lined up for clients. So that means that I have the worry of, okay, but when will things start to pick up again? And they will. And I have to have the confidence of knowing, again, we talked a lot about this in the last episode as well in this episode, the cyclical nature of business mm -hmm. and the fact yes. that, so having the trust and the foresight and the knowledge of having done this for 20 years, I know things will pick up again. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to try my best to take advantage of this. Yeah, everything was shut the fuck down in 2020. The fact yep. that anything came back tells you that totally. it's <laughs> I started the company in 2020. Exactly. So like cl exactly. clearly, so I'm, so what am I looking forward to? I'm looking forward to the ability to have some time to think, mm. to process and to spend time with my family. Um, ideally unabetted with thoughts of, of uh, I'm just really going to try hard. And again, to the, to where we started this, like, I'm just really going to try to like be to your point. So I'm excited about that. That's bringing and me joy. I, and what I'm going to tell you so that you don't yeah. fuck up your joy, don't push mm -hmm. it. If you find yourself spiraling, let it spiral. Get back yep. started the next day. Yeah. And just keep doing it. Um, what am I joyful about is I'm now planning my um, summer. While you're talking about you laying, that's when I'm going to hit the road. I'm going to be in Europe for a month, uh, all of July. So I'm now putting that book tour and stops together. Um, and that's, and I'll be launching White Do Rehab um, this summer. Um, so there's, yeah, there's a lot, a lot that I'm, um, I'm just feeling free. I'm just really feeling I've spent, again, I I'm following, going back to the gardening analogy, I'm following the seasons and the beginning of the years when I, you know, you clean up the, the, the weeds, you get it. And so mm -hmm. now planting seeds and then over the summer, I'll be nurturing those seeds and then the harvest in the fall. So I'm That's really exciting. Really, yeah, I'm really exciting and excited, and 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 it's excitement from a place of, you know, what the fuck's gonna happen? 
I know. Well, that's one great way to frame it. Like, same. Yeah. I have no idea what my fall entails right now. Yeah. And like, if if you can get comfortable with that, folks, like, you know, I mean, let's be honest. Do any of us really ever know what's going to happen? Exactly. And that's again the distraction because yep. that's the reality. But that is the reality. We get these narratives all the time about, oh, you need to plan. You need to, as if that is solves things. Right. That is prepared. That helps you. But that is not the end and be all. Correct. The uncertainty, the change is the only constant. And so that's what I'm embracing. That's what I'm, I'm embracing. Just change. Yeah. All right. All right. So we are laying the foundation for the future that is hopeful, authentic, and strategic in action. Will you join us? <laughs> <laughs>